0: Don't build themselves. Today on the Dream Mason podcast, we have a very special guest. And this is perfect because it's our 20th episode. It's pretty cool to think that there's been 20 of these already. So as I like to call this guest, the Michael Jordan of games. He's the world's most syndicated game creator and inventor. Roughly 20 million people a day play his puzzles and games. He authors the Jumble Puzzle, is the inventor of USA Today's Word Roundup, USA Today's Up and Down Words, and Just Two Words. He has also invented a bunch of board games and card games like 828, Wordwinder, Wild, This Day in History, Uno Freefall, and Uno 52. He has worked with companies like Hasbro and Mattel for over 20 years. He is also the inventor of Giant Wordwinder, which his foundation, the David El Hoyt Foundation, is taking to schools, libraries, and children around the globe, inspiring teamwork and collaboration. Not only has David done all of these things, but he's a loyal friend, someone who has inspired me and mentored me since we met over 15 years ago. He's one of the kindest, most interesting and passionate people I've ever come across. On the podcast today, we talk about how one becomes the world's greatest game creator and how David got there from a career on the Chicago Options floor. David also shares with us how he simply has desires and dreams and then follows them without fear, which also led him to drawing blueprints and building his own house, to moving to Hollywood, and creating a brain technique in which he describes his brain habits, which we share with you on the podcast today. I'm really excited and looking forward to introducing to you the world's most syndicated game creator and inventor, David L. Hoyt. David, how are you? Thanks for being here.
1: I'm doing great, thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: of course. So I want, you know, I introduced you, but I really want people to understand who you are from your perspective. You know, I I describe you to people as the Michael Jordan of game making, but to most people they don't know what that means. What does it mean?
1: Uh, I am the world's most syndicated daily word game creator. It's kind of a very boring and scientific uh, title, but what that means is I create puzzles that are syndicated into newspapers, books, um, you know, magazines, uh, apps. And I think the number is probably around 20 million people a day play my puzzles and games. Like, that's what that equates to.
0: 20 million people.
1: <sighs> yep. So, cool. so uh, you know, uh, I guess who's ever done this research has determined that I am the world's most syndicated uh, daily word game author. And I'm most famous for the jumble puzzle, which has been in newspapers for 65 years. I didn't invent it. Obviously since I'm not that old, but I was fortunate enough to uh, take over the authoring part about seven years ago with my partner and Awesome cartoonist Jeff Canerick. So it's a lot of fun
0: So I've got to see your I've got to see your career grow. I mean me and you met God, it's it's over 15 years ago, but it's roughly it's probably about 15 Ish years ago roughly around that amount of time
1: Wow You know, what's funny is I was going to correct you and say you're wrong, but you're exactly right. It was 15 years ago. It was 2003. So in 2003 is when I uh, sold basically most of my possessions and moved out to Hollywood, not knowing anybody and happened to hang out at the place where you worked. And I was like, there's no way that was 15 years ago. But you're right. It was exactly 15 years ago. And you got to watch me you know, watch my career kind of take off, um, you know, and you also got to see me work my butt off um, every day, basically.
0: Yeah, but but in a great lifestyle. I want to go back further because the way you got to becoming, you know, the best at what you do is not an overnight thing. Your journey is awesome and inspiring and full of, you know, twists and turns. So if we were to go back to... Let's just say, we don't need to go back to when we're little kids, but like, let's go back to like high school, college. What did you, what were your dreams then?
1: Well, this is, a, I'm not sure, Uh this is this is the real story, the whole story, the truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> so, and I will have to actually go back to school to to okay. fourth grade, but I'm going to try to do the, the fast version. So when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to be an inventor. It's all I wanted to be. I thought about it at all times. I even tried to win, they had a million dollar prize for anyone who could invent a perpetual motion machine. And I worked on it nonstop. And then uh, when I was In eighth grade, I was fortunate enough to be part of the Talcott Mountain Science Centers. Uh, They had a Saturday program. It was a six-week program. But two weeks into that program, I moved to Florida. And when I moved to Florida... I was, it was at a point in my life where I wanted to learn. Like, I wanted to be so smart, and the Talcott Mountain Science Center was part of that. The the amazing teachers I had in Connecticut and the fellow students I had, I was very fortunate to to have a very good, um, you know, school life as a child. And then when we moved to Florida, the school that I went to just didn't have the same thing going on. And I ended up, Uh, leaving school and getting my GED in 11th grade. And a lot of people don't realize that because, you know, I'm the world's most syndicated uh, syndicated word game author. So they just, you know, they always ask me, well, what type of degree do do you have? Where did you go to college? Where did you do all this? You know, and it's, I, I was just not happy. So I went from being very happy in school to, to less happy in school. So I then, decided that I wanted to start a landscaping business, which I did, and my parents helped me with that, and it was great. And then I decided I wanted to build homes. So I Drafted blueprints myself and I built homes doing all the work myself and I loved it So well, like every 10 years I still have to build something And you never so um, you
0: were never trained in designing blueprints.
1: You no, you're that out. No, I was I studied I studied on my own I Drafted I've ever all the houses that I built. I pretty much You know did all the drafting stuff myself. I would go to the library. I would learn how to do it Um, And then I realized how hot it was in Florida and wanted to leave Florida. And I I decided I wanted to be an options trader on the floor of the Chicago Board Options Exchange. So I studied up. I know that sounds good. I got to to ask you about the blueprints because we can't just skip over that.
0: Because it's too amazing that you just were like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm sitting here going, wait, is this even legal? Could I actually hire somebody? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i I have to tell you enough time has gone by. I think that the first set of blueprints that I turned in that I think they just assumed that they were by an architect i i don't i don't you know they everything passed the code, and I had a friend who was you know in the business i you know i i I really don't remember, but oh do I love designing stuff like i i love my, my cat's meowing here in the background I love designing stuff i really do like if you said right now design you a house that process of designing you a house would be beyond fun for me i would love it so much
0: and there was no most the average person i would say might say hey i want to design a house and they would come up with all the reasons why they can't do that they're not trained they don't have whatever they would come up with a million and one reasons but you just were like, I'm going to do this.
1: I'm stupidly fearless. (laughs) And, you know, having listened to some of your other podcasts, you know, the person you had on who talked about, you know, the two types of fear, there's, there's Mm -hmm. good fear that keeps you from walking in front of a car. And then there's bad fear that keeps you from being able to do something you can do, but think you can't do. So I very much, you know, when I, when I listened to your podcast and heard, Uh, I forgot his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Peter Scott. Yeah. When I heard him talk about that, I was like, that is exactly what has driven me. In fact, one time I did something and somebody, he was, I forgot who he was, but he owned a game company and he's like, you don't even realize that you shouldn't be able to do this like you know it's it's like you're like you're almost like stupid and i go you know in, in a way i'm a little stupid in that i just don't think about the bad things that can happen i only think about the good things that can happen and that's that is you know that's a choice people can decide you can program yourself you can train yourself to either think about the bad things or think about the good things or think about the good results, the bad results. And that's, you know, I'm very conscious of, you know, who I am battling, you know, when, when you, when a person decides I'm going to go do something, they are then, you know, they are, they are in competition with other people, um, you know, other businesses if they decide to start a business, but more importantly, they are, um, you know combating uh, battling their human nature you know human nature always makes you want to be right it will make you fear you know fear something that you shouldn't and for some reason you know i picked up on this at a very very young age and i would always say all right i can either go do this and see if it works or i could be afraid to ever try and i would just do it like if i had an opportunity to do it i would just do it Absolutely.
0: I just read Stephen Pressfield. I don't know if you know who he is. He wrote the book, The Art, The War of Art. And then he also wrote this book called Do the Work. And his whole <laughs> premise in Do the Work is all about resistance that life is resistance, that, that it is the opposing force and it is within us. It's not actually on the outside of us, it's actually in us. And it's supposed to be what you just described. We just choose to either push against it or move around it or fight through yeah. it but essentially resistance is a and it, dragon and you're the knight and you slayed the dragon one time and then it yeah. made it like, never difficult again.
1: And, and it's, I, I program myself. I, I, you know, and like like everything in life, there are positives and negatives, okay? You know, it's if you if you tend to only look forward, sometimes you forget memories that you should have because you're so forward thinking. If you think too much backwards, then you can think about all the bad things that have happened in the past and it really is you know you know it's i i think a lot of my success has come from developing very good habits with my brain and it's it's very much like an exercise thing um, you know it is it is something you have to be very conscious of that that you know when you are exercising your brain to create good habits, it, it has to be taken extremely seriously. It's because the second you falter at it, you're done. Like it's, like it's, you know, it's it's just like exercise. You know how you're either in the zone or out of the zone. You know, you could go work out at the gym for 10 days straight and then have a triple cheeseburger and three beers and then you don't go to the gym for, you know, five weeks. It's, it's very similar to that, I feel like.
0: Are these brain habits that you just, is this something that you can like educate me and people listening on right now is this like a practice someone yeah. could do
1: you know i do think about that but i do want to finish my story i'll do it after okay because i don't I, I i think i think it would okay, be good so. for me to try to do this now i you know i did not think about what i was going to to say today because i was busy off doing david l hoyt education foundation <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. so let me see if i can try to explain this these brain things okay
0: I'll and it us. is you want us I, to you want us to come back to it yeah. and we can go th- back to your story out? Cause I want to also hear about like the consequence things of how it yeah, let's, let's, actually happened. Do you want to come back and let, go?
1: Yeah, let's come back to it. I think it would be good to come back to it because I would like to see if I could explain it because I know that it's been a very key part of my success. And now I'm trying to, you know, I'm with the David O'Hoyt Education Foundation, which we could talk about later or another time, you know, I'm trying to help. Kids become successful and teachers and librarians and all that. but back to my to my story of how all this came about. Um, so I decided I wanted to be an options trader on the floor of the Chicago Board Options Exchange uh, moved to Chicago and you know became successful and but i i never forgot what it was like to be in fourth grade and 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 think about i want to be an inventor like i i just always wanted to be an inventor and when i was designing those blueprints i was an inventor i was an inventor of a floor plan you know and i i had an opportunity somebody on the floor of the exchange was an investor in a game design company here in chicago and he was showing off this game that they had licensed to Hasbro. And I was like, what? You can make money inventing games? And I literally, within three months, had quit everything I was doing, sold all my possessions, took my life down to a studio apartment, and said, I'm going to be a game inventor. And I, I started my life completely over. And it took me four years of struggle to figure out what I wanted to do. And I never gave up. And I worked probably from five in the morning until five at night, you know, every, every day, Um, you know, probably longer if you count the time sitting on my laptop, uh, you know, at the, at the local tavern, as as you've seen me do Mm a quite a bit. Um, And I just never gave up because I, Thought that I would be successful, I did not look at the negative. I did give myself four years, and I was able to to do it in four years. But at the same time, I was fortunate enough to also think that if it didn't work, I could probably go get another job you know on the floor of the exchange or designing houses or you know whatever. so then once I became successful, I kind of um, decided I wanted to go build another house. <laughs> because I just had to. So I bought 50 acres in Michigan and I designed a beautiful farmhouse uh, up on a hill with a view and building that house. I would I would get up at like three in the morning every day. I, I rented a house uh, over there in Michigan and I would get up at three in the morning every day and I would do all my puzzles and I would get my puzzles in and then I would go work on that house. And I pretty much built... You know, I, I didn't build it completely by myself because some things, obviously, you need help Help on. But I, I built most of it by myself. And when I was done, I thought I was going to have a place that I would get. That would be my weekend place. I would go uh, to Chicago but what or uh, you know, go there from Chicago. But what I realized was that I really just wanted to build a house. So I sold it <laughs> with all my possessions. Sold it with all my possessions in it. The people had to buy my underwear. I wanted to get my life back down to where it was when I had, you know, taken it back down to the simplest form. And I bought a car, I and I threw in my golf clubs and my laptop computer. And I drove out to California and like three days later met you. So that's so that's the whole story of just before I met you.
0: <laughs> I love you people had to buy my underwear like this is how it is they did was going to be i I, I
1: said i'm not moving a thing that was the deal i'm not moving a thing they they literally bought everything and they're like can't you please take your underwear and i was like no i am not taking my underwear so then i moved out there to get into the game show business because i thought Mm -hmm. you know i'm doing well i'm doing well with puzzles and word games so you think that what I do would have value. And I was able to partner up with Pat Sajak and we did some amazing things and it was great, but I did not like the game show industry. I, I just, you know, it's a very strange industry. I I think it would be fun, um, you know, for some people, but I just really love, you know, when I make a puzzle, it seems like a piece of art to me, like every puzzle I've ever made, felt like art and that game show business seems like a business you know it doesn't feel it never felt like art so that's why I you know decided that I'm not going to do that and focus on my puzzles and games and that of course has led to all sorts of uh, great things that uh, you know. I'm I'm very fortunate to enjoy what I do so much that I really don't set an alarm. Even with all the stuff that I've talked about, you know, building houses and making all these puzzles and games, I just don't set an alarm. It's just not something I do. I wake up whenever I want to wake up, and it's usually like 3 a.m.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've known this. I mean, I remember you telling me this when we originally met that you wake up at like 3 a.m. and right. I would I met you at a bar, and you'd be working until you know, five, six, seven, a lot of times you would have meetings, but whatnot, you'd almost always be on your computer and you had this really great way of being social yet still working, kind of balancing it all. But yeah, I remember you telling me that. I enjoy that. Yeah. Three, four, 5 a.m. with no alarm and that boggling my mind. I actually get it now. I wasn't doing something I was passionate about back then. So how could I wake up early? But I get that now from- That's
1: what it Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's because I can't wait to wake up and make these puzzles or go to a school or a library or whatever it is um, that we're doing. So, you know, it is, there's obviously a lot more, or go ahead.
0: No, I was, you don't go to libraries or schools at 3 a.m., do you? That would might be- No, 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 no.
1: (laughs) But see, here's the thing. To stay the world's most syndicated puzzle creator means that I have to make all these puzzles every day And even though I enjoy doing them, they still take quite a bit of time. So if I'm going to go have an event at a school or a library that, you know, like, like last Friday, was it last Friday or like, yeah, Friday, Friday, I did, I filmed a uh, TV show uh, with kids, kids. uh, in Chicago and I had to get all my work done before I could go do stuff like that. So it's fun. I'll get up early, I get the coffee going, I got the two cats and a dog and I'm I'm trying to race to get my work done so I could go off and work with kids and teachers and librarians and I just love it.
0: What is the I get its passion. But there's people that have passions that aren't propelled that don't have this much like fuel in their veins. And maybe this is going back to the brain game the these brain games that we or brain habits that we talked about, but if if somebody's out there and they're listening to you and they're like, "Man, I, I would kill to wake up this early and be this motivated and this driven," and yet they can't seem to put it together, how do, how have you? Yeah, put-
1: it's it's tricky because you have to wonder: is it possible that they're not really following their their passion? Maybe they have a different passion, or maybe they you know it's it. It, it is tricky because everyone is different there there are people who could be so passionate about what they're doing and not wake up early. you know I've just i've I've been very fortunate i I feel like I'm very fortunate in that I've always wanted to wake up early, even as a child, I wanted to wake up early, and I do feel like it's given me uh, an advantage. but everyone is different, you know it, it, it's I don't feel like my desire to get up early um, is a result from the brain training that I'm conscious of and and do. I think that the brain training that I do uh, has been enhanced and it's become sort of part of this training, this whole training thing that I do to not stay out too late, to not drink too much, to not do all these things, to keep the momentum kind of going now you know someone who doesn't necessarily have the same passion you know I just I don't know everyone's different for some it might be hey find a new passion you know try some other things and then for others it may be um you know just think differently
0: (laughs) well let me ask you this because I think the when you the way you describe your passion it's like it's so evident and I think that there's other people that say they really want something, but the reasons that they want it aren't as passion driven. It's like, I really want to be successful as a producer, but really what they want is the money, which is not as motivating as this inner calling that I hear from you. You have this inner like drive to like make these games and do this, build things and create things. That's really what it is. What is it that you, what does it provide for you?
1: Yeah, see this this is tricky because one of the things that I didn't like about the game show industry is, you know, when I said it, it didn't feel like an art form, it it felt more like a business. Those people, and not everyone, obviously, because you know, there's there's exceptions to every rule, but I felt like money was the main focus out mm-hmm. there in in Hollywood. And you know, I I understand that it's it, it is a business. Um, you know, it it is It's tricky. I I think if you think about a painter, okay, did did Picasso and Monet and Manet and all, you know, did they paint to become rich or did they paint because they wanted to paint, Mm -hmm. you know, and just think about that. Now, their paintings ended up being worth a fortune. Right. But that's not to them. I mean, right now, they're, they're worth a fortune to other people. And I feel like that's the difference. If you can find, if, if, if you get excited about your business, about making money, that's great. The key, though, I feel like is to be able to say, I want to then take this money and go do something that I'm passionate about. The, the trap is to, to think you're an artist, right, and that you're doing all this you know, but really, you're just doing it for the money. And, and, and you get excited about the fancy car, and the fancy house, and the fancy dinners, hey, and some people will go through their whole life, driving well, living well, eating well, you know, Mm -hmm. but I kind of just, you know, I almost feel sorry for some of those people, in that I used to be more like that. And now I feel like the things that drive me have to do with, you know, making kids feel a certain way at, at, you know, in their classroom when they're playing a game together, you know, our, you know, the, the, the David L. Hoyt Education Foundation, which is uh, Claire, uh, my wife is the director of it, is all about collaborative learning. We're trying to teach kids to work together. And what I'm finding is, is that the feeling that I used to have when i would make money on the floor of the chicago board options exchange when i would think about i'm going to buy a new car has been replaced by seeing two kids work together and pat each other on the back and say good job and i feel that that's that that is more valuable and and if you go if 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 anyone wants to go look at some of the photos that we have at, on on the david L. Hoyt education foundation facebook page we update that quite a bit and i feel like the it, what, what's happening is is this excitement that I used to have for becoming successful, even though I didn't know why I wanted to become successful, has been replaced with, you know, now I guess with age, now my my excitement is that I can help other people become successful. And that's why... Talking to you is so great because that's what you want to do. Not only you, you know, you, you, you know, you want to do this for, 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 for other people. And it's wonderful. It's fantastic what you're doing.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's so connecting because I was the same, you know, I didn't have the success that you had, but I wanted the car, the fancy dinners, the house, all those things. And I, you know, I didn't get to create those things before I realized they weren't the thing, but I realized right. I couldn't wake up at three in the morning or I couldn't do that because I wasn't the passion wasn't there. I was I was doing all this work for green paper, and the green paper then right. didn't provide fill the hole that the passion that was lacking in passion, I guess. What right I, I wanna we're gonna get to the David L. Hoyt Foundation, and we just kind of went through. I'm curious, though, you gave yourself four years to create this business, right?
1: That's what you said in the. Yes, to, to to become a game inventor who could uh, earn a living. That's, that was all I had to do, was make enough money to where I wouldn't need to get another job. Four years is what I gave myself.
0: Awesome. So in that, I know there had to be challenges, obstacles, roadblocks.
1: Oh, yeah. What, what, yeah, I remember one time... Oh, go ahead. No,
0: no, go. You're 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 uh, on it already.
1: I I remember one time not being able to pay my rent, and I had to go out and get like a like a part time job. Um, th- this was about two years into it. Um, I remember one time having to. I was delivering stuff uh, for a travel agent. Um, and it was so hot and that was, I was practically in tears on Michigan Avenue because this box that I was carrying, uh, broke and it was just like windy and hot. And I, but you know, I, 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 definitely have had ups and downs, but what I have found is that, you know, when I, I just, I look into the future and I see what I want and then I think about you know, the positive rather than the negative. And it's, you know, and, and again, I've, I've been very fortunate in that, you know, I, I feel like I have been fortunate, it, you know, to have good friends and good family and I have a support system. Um, certainly I've never, you know, I've never had to borrow money from anyone or anything like that. But obviously I, I had, if, if I had completely failed, you know i could have moved back to florida with my parents i could have moved into my friend's house you know there are people kids that i am meeting now as part of what i do who have no support system whatsoever and think how hard it would be for them to be able to to you know take risk like that it is really you know i i know how fortunate i am i worked very hard for it but at the same time you know, I know that I had a very good start and I'm very fortunate for all the people that have been a part of all this.
0: Was there ever a moment in these down times where you said to yourself, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this?
1: No, it's because I'm delusional. I really, there was never a moment. (laughs) I knew, I absolutely knew, I I knew I would be successful at this. The, The second I saw that game, that, that, uh, the, the options trader in the IBM pit brought in to show people. I, I just knew that I would be able to figure it out. And I, I think part of it is, is you know, designing a game really is a lot like designing a home or designing landscaping and, you know, all that. And um, I just never, I truly believed that I would be successful. And once I started working with the wonderful people at uh, Tribune uh, media, Um, You know, I figured that or I just kind of knew that one day I would be in a position to to become the author of Jumble. And I really don't I don't I, I don't have too many thoughts of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be successful. Now, lately, I will say this. What's happening now is that I'm ever so slightly concerned about how quickly time goes by. And there are some amazing things that I think we can do with the david al hoyt education foundation with what we're doing with giant wordwinder working with teachers librarians and i'm worried that i will run out of time so what's happened is is i'm having to shift my my focus my my brain training and this is actually so important to me that Rather than try to be the best at it, okay, like, you know, as a game inventor, I want to be the best at it, or as a, you know, a baseball pitcher in Little League, I wanted to be the best at it, that everything I'm doing now going forward with the foundation, I simply want to try my best at it, and then have other people, after I am gone, continue it. So it's a different thing. I know I will never be the best at it. I simply want to try my best at it. So it's a, it's a different mindset for me that is still very motivating. Absolutely.
0: What had you shift? Because you, you had all this success in the like, I can do it no matter what. Basically, the delusional mindset that as you described, which is how yeah. do you succeed at all these things? Why not bring that same mindset to this?
1: Well, here's why. Because what we're trying to do is too big and I'm going to need help. So I want to clarify this a little bit because what it is, is if I focus on me being the best, it will keep the team from being the best. See what I'm saying? I have to try my Mm -hmm. best and then surround myself with other people who also want to try their best and together either we will become the best, which I don't think we ever will, because our dreams are too big. Like, seriously, like I want to, I, I, I would love to change the world. And I think it's going to take three generations to do, you know, what we're putting in motion. But if I focus on me being the best, then it, 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 it is just not the right mindset for a an education foundation, all about collaboration. I want us to be the best. And I guess that's a better, you know, I've, it's, 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 it's hard to explain, but you get what I'm going for, right? I don't need to be the best. I simply have to try my best and be with other people who are doing the same. And together we will accomplish whatever it is we're going to accomplish.
0: Well, if you can't, if you believe that the goal is, let's say a three generation goal, like that's what it's going to take, you know, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Mm -hmm. What's the goal in your lifetime? Where do you want to see this? project gets you and you mind is. i mean you we're we're kind of talking around it is there anything that you need to explain for listeners to understand what the david L. l hoyt foundation does and what giant worldwinder is so they're really clear
1: well i'll explain the goal first you know the goal is i i want to i want my legacy to be you know, that I've used my create, my creative talents to create games uh, and things that kids work together to do. I am all about collaboration. Now, this is, you know, keep in mind, I'm an only child who played, you know, tennis as a, you know, individual and golf. I play individual sports. And now all of a sudden, my whole life is flipped around and I only want to do things together with other people. I want to collaborate and, and work together. So what I see going on with politics and social media is that we are trying you know that they, we we are pulling each other apart and getting as far apart as we can when we pick our sides and i am trying my wife and i and our team of people we're trying to actually counter that that so if you look and see everything that we're doing it's all about working together to make good decisions as a group that's what we're trying to do. So what I would like to see is that this continue and and you know who knows where it could go. I mean there I you know it would it might be possible for me, you know, 10 years uh, from now to say I'm going to run for, you know, political office to take everything I've learned about working together to see if there's a way to do that in politics. Although I would probably, I don't, I don't foresee myself doing that, but I feel that I'm at a stage now where, you know, I've I've gone down this path and now we have something new. And, and the David Alhoyd Education Foundation is really less than a year old. We we founded it a few years ago, but we didn't really turn it on until last March. And now I feel like everything has changed in my life and it's just all about the team doing things that will affect the, you know, the world and, and have it's, I mean, it really seems like a good, a good goal. Have kids want to work together.
0: What created the shift? Cause to your point, everything you did was like a one, a solo man operation. And yes, there's other people involved. You there were always like, you had partners, you had people that you worked with, but you described it yourself as being a, like, it was always on you. And what created yep. that shift for you to suddenly uh, have this almost transformational moment? is like, I don't want to actually do this. I want to be but, in partnerships.
1: That's a really good question. And what's nice is I actually have the exact answer, and I could take that's it to than. the exact spot. Okay? <laughs> so what it was, was I invented these games, Giant Wordwinder and Giant Winder, and three years ago... I was fortunate enough uh, to be working with the Chicago Public Library and they, the people at the Chicago Public Library are wonderful, just wonderful, wonderful people. And um, we showed Giant Wordwinder to uh, to them and they said, you need to be part of our Summer Learning Challenge program. It's actually officially called ROMS Readers Summer Learning Challenge. And as part of this, um I would travel uh, throughout Chicago uh, during the month of July and play giant wordwinder with kids. Now this is, you know, Claire and I don't have kids. I didn't have any siblings growing up. So, you know, I don't, I live in a neighborhood where there's not a lot of kids. In fact, I've always lived in neighborhoods. I feel like where there's not a lot of kids. So now all of a sudden we're traveling around to different parts of Chicago playing giant wordwinder and giant math Winder with these kids. And that's exactly what did it. It was it was working with kids who wanted to learn. Some of these kids, you know, in, in, in the different parts of Chicago, you know, were not in a great situation that, that I had, you know, growing up. Uh, you know, they didn't have a Talcott Mountain Science Center. They didn't have all these things. And seeing them want to learn and play these games. And there was one library event that really pushed me over the edge and where where these boys came in and they were a little older than our normal group they were like i don't know like 13 like 12 13 and normally for the rest of the summer it was more like 10 year olds and you know nine year olds and these these boys came in and they did not want to work together right they did not want to work together they didn't want to work with me they didn't want to work with claire um (laughs) this playing this game was not something they wanted to do and in in the end they were holding the chips up above their head screaming i'm a math genius i'm a math genius and begging <laughs> us not to go begging us and and it was so fun for me and now i'm finding that i get a lot you know from a selfish standpoint i feel that i get so much of it that i almost do sometimes feel like it's too selfish like i'm i'm taking some of their energy a little bit and you know like uh, when i did this uh tv thing on friday night uh with can tv and, and there's photos on our on our facebook page you can see i i just got so much out of it i know the kids did too and again they were also begging us not to go but i love it like it really it feeds my soul so what happened was is i don't i'm not sure why I was trying to make as much money as I was originally, except for the fact that I wanted to be an inventor. But I never knew why. Right? I, I knew that I was passionate about, um, you know, anything that Elon Musk is currently doing. All that stuff I'm very passionate about and would love to be doing what he's doing. But I never knew why. And now I do feel like I know why. Like this is my calling. I have been put into this. Position, and I am very thankful for however it is that I've gotten here. And I love it. And now I'm now instead of waking up at 3 a.m. to try to make money on the floor of the Chicago Board Options Exchange so that I could buy cars or whatever, I'm waking up so I can get my puzzles done so I could go play with kids and, you know, work with kids to work with, uh, you know, to work together and collaborate. I get to do it with my wife and, you know, her team that she's creating. And I love it. I'm very fortunate
0: people that are listening to this that are inspired by you and the work that you're doing with kids. If there was something that you could have people do or convey some message that people on the other end of this podcast would hear or share with somebody or tell someone or pick or do something, what would it be that would help most with your mission?
1: Help me? Oh, I, I wasn't sure if you meant to help them or to to help me. Um, no, to, to help um, have the mission say mission follow of the, us on Andy. Facebook. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead. It's all about the call to action. And I know how busy everybody is. So I would say follow us on Facebook and then gradually learn what it is that we're doing. It really would take me too long. To explain, but if somebody were to follow the David L. Hoyt Education Foundation on Facebook and just watch what we're doing, and then see how they can help be a part of it, whether it's introducing us to a librarian or a teacher, or them wanting to buy a giant word winder and run a program at their library, but the real simple, simple um, thing that I ask would be to follow the David L. Hoyt Education Foundation on Facebook and pay attention to what we're doing a little bit.
0: Nice. Can we talk about the brain habits now?
1: Yes. Um, so here's, here's what I do. I, I, I really believe that there's something going on with long-term memory and short-term memory. And I can't remember if you and I have ever talked about this before. But how so. strange is it that, that humans have short-term memory and long-term memory? Now, if you think back to when you were in kindergarten, how many days or instances of kindergarten can you actually remember very few i mean you know if you if you consider that it's a whole school year you know and but yet, some of these things that you can remember that are important to you go into long term memory i've I've done some experimenting, and it's very interesting experimenting and it's um And it it kind of goes back to believing that every person is programmed. They're programmed by their parents, by their society, by their religion, by their habits, whatever it is, that we are all being programmed and that you can program yourself, okay? In the same way, if if you can be programmed to believe a certain thing, you can program yourself to believe another thing, right? So, So what I've done is over time, you know, I will... I, I have written things down that disconfirm um, my beliefs. Is that the right word? Disconfirm. I, I don't feel like that's quite right, but you know where I'm going <laughs> like for that, it. That go mean. against my <laughs> go against my beliefs. And and you write them down on a piece of paper, like 10 things that really don't agree with what you believe. Okay. And then What you will find is that even if you try to remember those things, you will forget them. And the reason why is that you're programmed to take anything that confirms your belief and stick it in long-term memory. And anything that goes against your belief, your human nature, so so, so this is your human nature programming you, okay? Your human nature makes you want to put it in short-term memory, and it goes bye-bye. And I'm talking about like if you if you do this experiment, you will see that not only do you forget all ten of those things, that you know you don't even remember writing them down after a while. And what's happening is 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 you know, you can adjust your life if you know that this is going on. For example, if you fear flying, okay, you will remember, every plane crash that was in the news for the last 4 years right and it, obviously plane crashes are a very you know big example and you know most people will remember plane crashes but mm. you know but you see my point is that if 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 there's something that you fear you will you will remember the things that justify your fear if you are if you are afraid of identity theft you will remember all the times you read about identity theft. It's just human nature. You, you, know, you want to be right about the things that you fear, the things that you do. So what I've done is I've almost tried to do the opposite. Whatever any, any chance that I have to do the opposite, I try to do. So I try to remember the things that are very positive, that may go against what I originally thought, and I will, I will, you know, I will really try. And what happens is, is it kind of opens your eyes to the real world, I feel like out there, and that you can create your own, you know, positive outlook by, you know, rather than focusing on the negative things, start remembering the positive stories, the things where people have succeeded, you know, and, and focus on them. And all of a sudden, you will become a very positive person with a positive outlook and be able to achieve your goals or at least it will help you obviously there's no you know there's no you know here's the 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 solution Mm -hmm. but you can create a positive set of beliefs in the same way that other things have programmed you to believe whatever it is that they want you to believe
0: well it's it's great i love how you described it because it's it's perspective it's like where you put your focus part of that is like, what are you actually focused on? And then I know of, I don't know if it was a study or something I read, but it landed, I was, I was reading about how our brains work. And one of the ideas, I think it was actually in this book called Buddha's Brain, which is an amazing book that's combined, it kind of looks at psychology, science, and Buddhism and how they intersect. And it talked about, Mm -hmm. let's say you are a big baseball fan. And you hear a baseball fact, and it's just in your memory. You're talking about baseball, all day right. long. you're watching baseball, then you show up, you tell me something about baseball, I remember it. You've trained your brain to, to recognize things about baseball as being important. So your brain goes, right. I need to hold on to this. Now, if you walk up to me and say, you know, bluebirds are, this is what bluebirds diets consist of. My brain make, go, looks at that and goes, well, he doesn't ever talk about birds. What did his diet, what did right. their diets have to do with anything? I don't actually need this. I'm going to either store it way in a place far away in my deep, in the recesses of my mind, or I'm just going to actually not even connect those synapses. And so this encouraged people to, if you want to go from negative to positive, or if you want to, let's say you're like, you're that baseball fan, but you actually want to start learning about psychology, it was immerse yourself in it. Start reading books. Yeah. Start watching shows on it. Watch documentaries. Hang out with people that are doing it because your brain over sh- after. Now, obviously, this takes practice and some time. Your brain will start to go. Wait a minute. This is coming up a lot. This is important. Right. I need to remember this. It's very. I love
1: cool it. that That's you- ex- I, I. I love God. it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yours yeah. is a very like created this on your own, but this is a real thing.
1: Yeah. It is. is, I agree with that completely. And that is, you know, one of the reasons that I feel like I, you know, feel fortunate to be an early bird is I feel like I get um, quite a bit of time without TV or without phone calls and emails where I can truly immerse myself in whatever it is that I'm wanting to program myself to believe. You know, and or it, you know, when I say believe, sometimes people would say, "Well, are you trying to believe something that's not true?" No, I'm really just trying to believe it wholeheartedly, is what I'm trying to do, so that those long-term memories will stick and it will be part of my programming, just like you said. Why is it that somebody was able to recall a you know a baseball fact, but not a fact about a bird? So yes, I I that is very cool, absolutely.
0: I have one question that we that we didn't touch on earlier that we kind of skipped over because we have the story but you talked about you know I don't think about consequences I'm curious if that ever has come back to like bite you you know and like oh, always being in the positive sure always going for the thing
1: yep absolutely and, and that is because I really am a big believer in that for every positive there's a negative and it just is it, you know, it's, it, it, I always use the example of, of smoking, where some people will say, I just don't understand how people can smoke. OK, mm-hmm. now I do not smoke. I don't want to smoke. And I'm glad that I don't smoke. But I can understand why people would, you know, would smoke. OK. And what are the positives of smoking? Well, the positives are it relieves tension. Now, granted, maybe the smoking is what's caused the tension in the first place. <laughs> But now all of a sudden you have a free pass to go talk to somebody else who's smoking. Hey, buddy, do you have a light? You know, that there, there, there's always this positive and negative. And you know what's funny? I actually started thinking about this and I forgot what your original question was. I know this ties together, but I forgot exactly what you just asked me.
0: Well, just looking at where you had a consequence, because you don't, you think of like all the the consequences.
1: Yes, the consequences. So, so the reason that the, the smoking thing came up with, there are positives, you know, to smoking is obviously there are negatives to these things, right? What are the negatives of smoking? Well, you get lung cancer and die, you get emphysema and die, you know, so there are positives and negatives. So if I'm saying that I have created a way for me to sort of channel the positive, then there's negatives. All right. So sometimes I will just blindly go do something and I will miss the fine print. I will not get my passport (laughs) renewed in a timely manner. I whatever it is, there are always some negatives that creep in there. And that's just, you know, that's the way it is. If you're going to go ahead and sort of flow down this positive channel, you're definitely going to create negative ripples that will happen, you know, quite often by being too excited about something and not, not paying close enough attention to what's going on.
0: Well, and my guess is that the best part about what you just described is even when the consequence happens, you probably show up in a really positive possibility space to move on to the next thing.
1: It's nice. I, I tell you what's nice about it. And this is a really great example. All right. If, if you can decide, or if you can program yourself or, or change your, you know, or battle your human nature and you can have a bad situation and find the positive in it. One of my favorite things that ever happened to me was my parents and I had a flat tire, okay? Now, we had to change the flat tire, but we had to drive back, or we couldn't change the flat tire. We had to drive back to this place in Michigan that I was building on these back roads going very slowly, and we ended up taking a completely different route uh, to get there. So now, when we were done, I could have made the memory of the nervousness of having a flat tire on the road, the wondering where's the, you know, why don't I have, a, you know, I, 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 I could have made that memory a negative memory. There were negative things going on about what happened. It is a flat tire close to getting dark that caused problems, but I chose to think about The being with my parents, going home a different way and getting to see, I think it was why, I think what I liked about it is that we actually stopped by this apple orchard and got some apple cider. And I remember, I remember what the apple orchard looked like. I remember what the taste of the cider was. And I thought that it was a great day. And so that's my memory. When I, I had a, a, a situation in, in Curacao, where my kneecap literally came off my knee didn't fall off my out of my body but picture your (laughs) kneecap being being all the way to the right okay where it completely became you know off where it should have been and you know i had they they had to drag me out of the water this happened in the water i had to get an ambulance i had to I mean it was an excruciating pain, the worst pain I've ever been in. They they had to pop it back in place. I had to wear a cast. We got stranded in Curaçao and the memories that I have of that day and that week that followed are all positive. There's not a single memory that has stuck that I in fact it was such a positive memory that we went back 2 years later and visited the people that helped me. Like it was it was so fun, you know, to do that. So You know, people always can either, you know, you, you, because you have long-term and short-term memory, right? You can decide, take this event. Let's say this event, if you, know, if you made a list about this event, it has seven negative things and three positive things, right? So what if you can program yourself to remember all three positive things, and maybe only one of those those negative things sticks in long term memory, then you end up with a positive memory and not a negative memory. Cause the amount of stuff that we forget that goes into short term memory is huge. And we don't realize it because we've forgotten it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so great to hear you say it in a different way because I think I talk about this all the time with, with people online, with clients. It's all about where you we put our focus. Like everything in life is where you put your focus and you've found a way to have it, a tool to have it work with your memory, but you've really just been a shining example of it for how to live a great positive life and live the life that you want. And now you've created a life that you're impacting and teaching this to other people, whether it be through a game, because that's the extension is, you're actually, these kids walk in and they didn't, re- they're not going to remember that they walked in. They're not wanting to play your game. They, they're going to walk right. out remembering how much fun it was to learn, which for those kids might be the first time that's ever been the case.
1: Exactly.
0: It and really that's funny. why
1: I always think about that. When I think about what I'm doing, it's like, Oh, I'm never going to know some of these kids and you know, like, you know, what happens. And that's why it's just like, you know what, I'm just trying my best. And it's, all for a reason.
0: Yeah, and who knows? You might, right? Like 10 years from now, I might be talking to one of these kids on the Dream Mason podcast, and they say that everything changed when I met David L. Hoyt and played Giant Wordwinder in Chicago for the first time. Who knows?
1: It's possible. (laughs) I I got an email from a teacher uh, this morning who said that um, I was at her class a year ago, um, and I'm not exactly sure where. I have to look up and and see where, but she said the kids are... uh, are still talking about it, uh, in the school. And I loved hearing that. Like that's actually one of the first emails that I read this morning and it kind of really fired me up to, you know, get started. It was very fun to, to, to read that right off the get go.
0: That's awesome. So for, if people want to reach out to you and follow you, I know you already talked about following, uh, the David L Hoyt foundation on Facebook if they want to find out more about giant Wordwinder, if they want to buy one, if they just want to learn about your story, what are the best ways for them to do it besides the Facebook or their other?
1: David L Hoyt, davidlhoyt.com. Okay. So that gives you access to all the puzzles and games that I make. There's a, there's a section all about the foundation. There's a section all about my games Uh, and then follow me on Facebook and follow me, uh, you know, or, or follow the foundation. And then on my website, I don't like to talk about it too much because as it is, I'm spending over an hour and a half a day on emails, but there is a way to email me uh, from my website. So davidlhoyt.com will sort of connect you to, you know, the whole world of, uh, you know, what we're doing. And that's the key is it's not what I'm doing. It's what, you know, this team that I'm fortunate enough to be with. It's what they're doing. And I feel like, you know, lately they're doing such amazing stuff that I'm, I feel like I'm along for the ride and I love it. It's just wonderful to see them um, uh, successful in what they're doing. I love it.
0: David, it's, I'm, I'm so, I'm not only grateful to and thankful to have you here. I mean, it, you're one of those people, like we said, we've, we started this with talking about how we've known each other for 15 years. So you knew me when I was about 21 and a vastly different person, and yet the same person, but but vastly different yep. in where my attention and focus was. And I think I've told you this before, but you had you have a gift of seeing greatness in people, whether it's something you've cultivated or something you just that comes through the positivity. But I am so grateful to have you in my life. Fifteen years later, with for for nothing I can't else, believe it. It's pretty crazy, right? That. Yeah. We could- that we
1: 15 years, I really thought you were wrong when you said it before. I'm like, oh. Somewhere.
0: But yeah. you, you're always providing value. I mean, you were the person who, because of you, I entered into writing more than I do now. You know, I think that there's, even you saying, hey, four years was my goal. You know, I started my coaching practice about three years ago. And to think like, hey, this is actually, you know, to hear another person who had, was in that kind of same spot, is inspiring, um, and just to see how you've shifted from it being about you to everyone else is because that's what it's really about, and it all comes full circle. So, thanks it, for your time. it is.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, and really just to tout you a little bit. You know, this is I recognized with the first. I remember the the first moment that i met you and there is absolutely there was something about you then there's something about you now you know i i knew uh right from the beginning that you and i would be connected forever i absolutely knew it and i'm thrilled to be talking to you now thank you thanks
0: i wish i i want to see what you saw 15 years ago so i can hang my hat on it but i'm glad i think (laughs) I, I, i think to hear you say it is great and you know I really appreciate your time and really like who you've been for me as a mentor. Um, you're, I'm excited. You're very to I haven't played giant one yet, but I'm excited to at some point. Well,
1: Hey, I'll just uh, get us connected to a school or a library and I'll come out there and we'll do it. And you can go with me. And uh, it's, it's a, it's so much fun. It really is.
0: All right. Well, I know some teachers, so, and hopefully some teachers will Good. listen to this and we'll see what happens.
1: David, awesome. David thank you So much. You're very
0: welcome. Thank you for checking out the Dream Mason podcast. Whether you're a longtime listener or just taking a peek, I am grateful to have you here. Please tag a friend who needs to hear this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and give us a review if you like what you heard. If you want more, you can follow me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at Alex at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at dreammason.com. Remember, you are a Dream Mason
1: because your dreams don't build themselves.